Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, and we are here with a midweek episode podcast interview with Minneapolis City's head coach, Matt Van Binskoten. This is ahead of their uh, U.S. Open Cup match on Wednesday at 7 p.m. against the Des Moines Menace. It's going to be a fantastic game. There's an official watch party over at 9th Street Soccer in Minneapolis. Blackheart of St. Paul in St. Paul will have the game as well. We also did a Monday podcast uh, about Minnesota United's win over San Jose that you can look back in your feed and go listen to. But this is the uh, the advance interview before this Des Moines game, so go check it out. I am pleased to be joined by Matt Venbenskoten, head coach of Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Matt, you are in your car, um, uh, just to get away from, from the world, but, uh, you're not driving just for, for listeners. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Matt. Correct. How correct. are you? Uh, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm doing well on this, uh, beautiful overcast rainy morning. Um, but, uh, like you said, I'm in my car and it's quiet, so it's, uh, it's a good place to be. Well, um, we're talking uh, not because the season's coming up, because we got a little bit of time yet before the season, but it's Open Cup season, which for Minneapolis City is a very special time, a very cursed time. Um, and <laughs> this Wednesday, 7 p.m., you're going to be playing in Des Moines against Dennis the Menace. Uh, there's a Minneapolis City um, official watch party at Ninth Street Soccer um, that's going to be going on. We will also have it on at the Black Heart. Um, so, you know, if you Fantastic. if you don't want to make it that far, but you can go with the official folks there, or you can drive down to uh, Des Moines. It's beautiful this time of year. Um, Absolutely. But let's let's talk about this game. Uh, getting a team ready before um, you've got like a month and a half before the, the official season starts, right? Correct. So how do you put together a team that is ready to go for this game when, uh, when I mean, how, how much have you been training? Tell me about the, the process of getting a team ready now. Yeah, so we, we started training back in December. Um, and like all things in Minneapolis City, it's kind of been pieced together a little bit. Um, you know, we've, we've added a few more tools other than just duct tape and straws and things like that. So uh, it makes it a little bit easier, but no, so we've been training since December. We've been going once a week. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, trying to prep the best we can for one game. And like you said, the open, open cup is, it's, it's, it's a great time. It's a cursed time for us, but, uh, it's, it's also a really interesting dynamic and, and not just like, you know, the David versus Goliath piece or, um, you know, the storylines that come with that. It's, it's really interesting, even just from, uh, from a team piece and a structure piece, because, you know, for us, like we, we've got a pretty good core of returning guys and we know guys who have been veterans with us and, but for everybody, including Des Moines, it's kind of a, you don't really know what to expect. Um, they just had a head coaching change the last few months and they're going to be bringing in some different players as well. So it's uh, it, it's one game it's early in the season. So it's one of those things where, where anything can happen. So to answer your question, we, kind of just go about it the best we can uh, focus on ourselves and say, Hey, here's, here's the, you know, principles that we're going to roll out tomorrow or Wednesday night and um, focus on those. And, you know, we'll, we'll adjust as accordingly, but 
yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a tough, it's kind of tough because normally, you know, your opponent a little bit better, but for us, it's just a matter of, Hey, we've got our core guys. Uh, we know what our job is and we're going to go down and try to execute it best we can. If you win this then, and I don't want to jinx things, but just, just for clarity's <laughs> sake for listeners, if you win this round next round, it would potentially be like a, a USL champion, like forward Madison potentially yeah. or something. Type. Yeah, so they've already okay. listed it. We, uh, if we win, we will go over to uh, Union Omaha. Oh, uh, great! Yeah, the, yeah, right. So we would go from potentially the USL two national champions to the USL one national champions. Perfect, but, easy. So you got, yeah, you got an easy yeah, pick. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> um, and and tell me a little bit about the the history of the undefeated uh, tag that that um, I mean most tags are, are self-imposed at Minneapolis yes. city and, and printed Always. on, on trophies. But, um, <laughs> wh- wh- where did the, tell our listeners about the undefeated? Yeah. So uh, the undefeated started in 2016 when we qualified for the open cup, we were playing in the premier league of America, PLA and, uh, hosted Oakland roots at the national sports center. And we won that game, uh, in extra time. And then we were, so by winning that game, we were then going to be in the open cup proper kind of the more mm-hmm. non-qualifying rounds. And, but that was also the year that we switched to switch leagues to the NPSL. And so by rule, they said, you disqualified, you can't, can't switch leagues. And so, as you said, uh, all hashtags and titles are very self-imposed with Minneapolis city. So we went with the, Hey, you know what? we, we won one game and we're undefeated and uh, we challenged sporting KC who was the open cup champions that year to come play us. They uh, didn't get back to us surprisingly, but um, so that's where it started from. And then there's actually a, uh, um, there's actually, uh, I think it was a, a game day ops player, not player, a uh, person at the time who uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And so the undefeated piece mm-hmm. was some kind of a moniker that he took on and, and we took on with him of, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be cancer. And, you know, had a little bit more than just the tongue in cheek of winning a game and mm-hmm. things like that, which was super cool and, and got to see people get behind it. And then uh, when we went, so we qualified again in 2019. And as everybody know, there was a big pandemic in 2020. So we did not play then either. So, you know, for the last several years, we've been undefeated without actually having played a game. And, you know, we, we think there's going to be a game tomorrow, but you never know. Um, and as you said, there's going to be a watch party at Ninth Street. And so I, I guess if the game gets canceled for whatever reason, we can put on some reruns or whatnot. But uh, <laughs> just go back and watch that. There will game. actually be a yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so uh, that's kind of where it's been with uh, the undefeated piece. And, you know, it's just kind of something we've taken and run with it and try to have a good time with. Um, you've had lots of changes over the last, um, year or two, like during COVID, but then specifically this last year with the move to USL two, um, what, what does that change for you organizationally player wise, the, the player pool, does anything really significantly change there or, t- or tell me about it? <clears throat> yeah. So we're actually, so we made the move into USL two, but we're actually going to continue to play in the NPSL. And we had talked about this as a front office and said, you know, we can make the move into USL two, but one of the things we ran into last year was we just had a big pool and not enough guys were getting all the minutes that we wanted to. And so the idea this year is to carry a little bit larger player pool of about 40 to 45. Um, and we'll be playing in two different leagues. We'll obviously have open cup. And, and really the point is to try to get 
players as many minutes as possible because even if you're playing USL two or whatever it is, if, if you're not playing, like that just sucks. Well, yeah, especially so, for the goalkeepers, right? You you need a pool yeah. of goalkeepers, right? But <laughs> How are you supposed to get, and they need to get minutes because they're signing up for a summer league because they need to get, you know, exactly. we're very familiar with this problem with Aurora as well. So you got to make sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you'll, you'll run into it and you'll have some, as, as Adam put it, you'll have one, one keeper that's really happy and two other ones that are not happy with you. So it just, it is what it is. But uh, yeah. And um, you know, I think though, why we ended up choosing to add USL two was we were finding with a lot of, I would say kind of, I don't want to say higher end players, but players who are competing at, at really, um, really good level D one programs. There is some, there's some optical things just with USL two versus MPSL. I think from, from our standpoint, we, we do a really good job with what we have in the MPSL, but for some players and, and even college coaches, there's a perception that USL two is, is a, higher level it's more professional it's much more organized and and you know whether right or wrong that's just kind of how it is and so when we moved into usl2 i had some conversations with players who were playing elsewhere who are who are here who are from here locally but uh you know might have been playing in north carolina or texas or different places where they just wanted to you know that usl2 experience and so what we found is with our player pool, we're, we're going to keep a lot of our returners, um, but we're also going to be adding a lot of those guys who were once, you know, a year or two ago playing, playing out of state and saying, Hey, you know what, we've, we've got this opportunity. Now we want you to be kind of the next generation of players for us. Um, and let's showcase you on a national level, but still stay local. So I think it's, I think it'll be a good mix. Not, not that it won't come without challenges, but uh, we're really excited for it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll just say from, from our from my perspective as, as a kind of outsider to the, the lower division men stuff, uh, USL to me represents like now all of a sudden you're going to St. Louis, right? You're not, you're not playing. Um, I won't, I won't some of the smaller stuff that oh, in NPSL right, is right. it's more local. It's a smaller thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's been some great teams. I think there, there continues to be some great teams in that uh, NPSL North, um, but it allows you to have a bigger footprint, which, you know, is impressive for, for players. And it's impressive for Absolutely. me as an outsider, right? Um, going a team that's going to play out in the suburbs or in like random ass somewhere um, <laughs> is different than going to a St. Louis or a Chicago, right? There's, Absolutely. there's just a different profile there. Um, I sure. imagine it also ups the profile for, um, sponsors or whatever, and allows the organization to take a big step up. So I was very, very excited to hear about uh, City taking this step up because I, I think that it allows um, allows Minneapolis to you guys to be less of a big fish in a small pond and and to be sure. fighting other fish. You know, Dennis the Menace, for example, um, they have they have a really great organization down in Des Moines. I mean, Fantastic. they've been going for forever. They always. Mm -hmm. um, put out good teams. Uh, they've beaten hell. They've beaten uh, Minnesota United. Well, did they beat United? I think it was the stars still um, in one of the worst Minnesota games I've ever watched in my life. Ever. I'm still mad about yeah. it. Um, so, were you at that game at the Elizabeth? Robbie? I was not, okay. no, but I, I do remember it. And I've, I've heard, I've heard the uh, legend it was, more from it. It was sure. raining. Brian Arguez was garbage. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm mad. Um, but you have, you have really great organizations in, in that heartland. I'm some of the teams I'm yeah. not as familiar with, but for example, going down to Dennis, the is like a real, 
a real challenge, especially in the Open Cup, to Absolutely. have that be your first. Hey, we're yeah. we're up here. You know, I think that that that's a pretty cool thing to to watch from Minneapolis City. So I, I'm I'm excited for, sure. for you guys. You said that this is going to allow you to um, bring in um, a higher. Am I am I expressing this right? A higher kind of quality, uh, a tier of player that maybe you weren't able to capture before. Is that yeah, fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, are they still um, Minnesota boys? Are you are you still kind of looking at this kind of? You know, I know that the the Minnesota moniker has sometimes been stretched a bit for players like Brandon Bay, sure. but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know you can claim whoever yeah. you want. Lizzo's from here, Absolutely. man. Uh, right, but yeah. what is that going to look sure. like for for say a bit more about that kind of player pool if if you are kind of able to to expand it yeah. to a new group yeah absolutely no i we so this is a, uh, probably the most probably the question i've gotten the most from everybody is with the move up to usl2 are you going to stay local and, and keep it local focused and, and the answer is a resounding yes um and like you said i mean i i think there will be there's always going to be some you know guys that come in you know like a brandon by where they're just you know they're coming here for an internship and they're living during the summer. Right. So maybe they weren't, you know, born and bred here or played here, but you know, for the time being they're they're part of the community, but no, we, we feel really strongly about keeping those deep ties to our community, to the local players. And so, you know, and, and this is the first year that I've really got out and, and tried to recruit some players. And that focus has been, Hey, you know, guys who are from here who are playing, you know, at North Carolina or playing at New Hampshire or Creighton or wherever. And so really to say, Hey, you know, we want, we want you to represent, as I said, that next generation of local players here. And, and we think that even with the level up to USL two and, and playing some of these higher profile teams that we can still compete. Um, and we don't need to bring in, you know, different players that we've, you know, never met before and, and things like that. And so, yeah, you know, whether, whether that's sustainable long-term we'll see, but I, I think for especially 2022 and probably even to 2023, like we don't plan on, on housing players, don't plan on bringing in other players from different places. Cause you know, I, I think it's really important for people, our supporters and to really look at this team and say, yeah, there is a pathway for me as a, a local player to have an opportunity to play in that, that national level. And, and you know what, if we never end up to be like the Des Moines menace and win USL two national championships, like, I think that's okay. I think like what, what we're trying to do and, and be able to give this platform to these players is, is much more important than just the, the wins and losses and, and the things that come with that. You've got Brandon by and Luke Hackison as uh, alumna from from your team or alumni, I guess is the actual correct thing. Sorry, um, and so uh, and maybe I'm missing someone else who, who's in MLS from your kind of previous squad. How but how does that help for uh, for recruitment? Do you do you guys just uh, you know send a, a little Wikipedia you know link to? Uh, by the way, this <laughs> yeah. guy played just, for us just too. Just Google us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it it definitely helps. It really does because. Just to say, you know, for like using, because I wasn't here for when Brandon Bay was here. That was the year before for me. But my first year was with Luke Atkinson. And, you know, for a guy like Luke, who is consistently getting in the squad at Nashville and, you know, played with us the year before he was drafted, like I think speaks volumes to what the organization has been able to do, where at least, you know, a, a player like that who knows that they're going to go professional 
is willing to put their trust in us to set them up to be successful, even even if it's just to kind of maintain or, or you know, be supplementary to the kind of things that they're doing, helps a lot. Um, our former captain, who has now moved to Florida, Max Siegwart was a big asset as well because he played on the youth national team with Jackson mm-hmm. Ewell and Kristen Pulisic, and so he's very plugged in. And so to, to have somebody like that who can really advocate for you and say, you know, this is – to so, tell some of these other players, like you – there's something to being able to be at home and sleep in your own bed and play with your friends in front of your family like that. That's really meaningful. And so, you know, the, the skepticism of that is like, okay, well, that's great. But like, is, is that really going to help me as a, a player? And mm-hmm. I think where hopefully we've been successful is me to say, yeah, absolutely. Like it's, we can help you become better as a player because it is going to be a high level of training and competition and things like that. And so, yeah, it, it, it has absolutely helped us. And I'm hoping that those aren't our last two alumni to, to make the big break. You, um, during COVID launched this, uh, Minneapolis city, uh, futures project. And I want you to kind of, uh, just give me the, the summary of that for our, for our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So the future, so we had announced, we had talked about starting a U19 team because for a lot of youth players, they get to this point where they're 17, 18, and for the vast majority of players, they don't go on to play college soccer. But for that small minority of players who, the small percentage, who's really looking to go into college, like that year or two before you go into college is really crucial. And so what you're kind of left with you've seen if you're lucky is you get a team of guys who are invested and want to play right but a lot of times what happens is you're in your junior senior year you're focused on college and you know you're doing other things like and, and so what it does is it just soccer does not become the focus and so we we obviously are not starting a youth team um but what we wanted to do was similar to what uh the odp program had had been for a long time has been in minnesota which is just supplementary and say can we take the some of the i don't even want to say the best players but like-minded players who are really focused on what's next after the youth and high school season and put them in an environment where we can kind of help them obviously have this pathway to the first team which is great and and see what comes about with that and so we're in year two now of that and our staff has done a fantastic job jeremiah johnson eli baker brendan doyle kyle roach have, have been fantastic and how they've done that and it's it's been great because i think what we've seen even from year one to year two is just this explosion of interest explosion of talent and it's really a testament to the job that the staff has done because you know in year one we did a lot of recruiting to get players in and i think we ended up with 70 or 80 guys at tryouts i think we ended up with about 40 who ended up being part of the program. And then year two this year, the goal was to get to, um, to get to a hundred registrants for the tryouts and really try to get a pool of 50 really good players. And we hit that mark, um, just like a week or two before tryout started. But then by the time tryout started, I think we had to cap it cause we were at 130 players. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of word of mouth through these different players telling their buddies like, Hey, come try out. And, and so the level that we have this year is, is unbelievable. I think we've got Mr. Soccer from this year with Mr. Soccer from last year and, and, you know, like talent will attract more talent. And so, especially with high school guys, like, cause they hear like, Oh man, this guy's playing with you guys. Like I want to come play and be a part of it. And so, um, 
it's been it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see just just that environment. Um, I try to get to the futures thing every Monday night, most I can, and it, it's just fun because it's 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 a high level, but it's it's an enjoyable atmosphere where it's competitive, but it's not over the top. Um, and so it's been really great. It's been awesome to see that, and we'll actually even as we go down to Des Moines tomorrow, like we're going to be taking two guys who started with us in the futures program. Mm. So for them to be able to move from that into a USO open cup roster is, is really cool. How, yeah. How does the program pay for itself? <laughs> so we, we do charge players. Um, and the, so uh, that's some of the cost kind of offsets We're we're lucky if we break even on it. One of the big initiatives with that though, with the futures program has been, you know, if you can't pay, like we will scholarship that. And we are fortunate to have just, fantastic supporters who have been willing to put their you know time and effort and money into that a great example was uh someone you're familiar with uh christian fitchett last mm-hmm. year in the hot clouds who came to us and said hey we've got this super cool idea what if we brewed beer and we you know kind of like crowdfunded it and you, you donate and then we'll you know however much you donate you get certain beer and i think they ended up raising like three thousand dollars or something like that yeah. which is huge so it, it pays for itself. Like if there are players who can pay for it, awesome. Um, if there's not, we do a lot of scholarships. I think probably 50% of the players are on scholarships. Uh, don't quote me on that because I don't know the exact numbers. Um, but the goal is to, the, the really the goal is to, hey, money should not be the, the thing that impedes you from playing or being a part of this. Um, so we, we do our best to budget it and, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where we're at in 2023, and maybe we take a huge loss on it, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see it in a year or so. Uh, let's then just briefly look forward to the season. When does it kick off uh, the the USL two season? I, since you have so much going on, yeah. but the USL two season. So when does it kick off? And uh, and then tell me about uh, what you're looking forward to. Yeah. So I believe we kick off that first weekend in May. And of course, we'll be hosting Des Moines Menace because why not? We'll play them in the Open Cup and then welcome them to beautiful Edward Nelson. Um, so we'll start there and um, yeah, we'll play St. Croix, Manitoba. Um, there's another Canadian team I'm forgetting. Um, and then who else do we have in our division? We'll have, oh, Peoria is a new new expansion team as well. So there's actually, what's interesting about our conference is we have a lot of new teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Des Moines, who, as you mentioned, has been around for forever. So uh, it'll be an interesting season. I think our goal with everything city is don't want to just tiptoe in. Like we want to come in and compete. Like we want to come in swinging and, and take it two teams. And, you know, we'll find out pretty quickly if we're good enough because we do have Des Moines and the defending USL two champions for sure. But um no, we're, we're excited. And, and I think guys, you know, I, I keep talking about these new guys and kind of the new generation, but they are, they're really excited to represent city, uh, that connection to their hometown and, and to be able to say, Hey, you know, I, I, I get to wear this, this kit and this badge with a lot of pride versus, you know, some team out in, you know, Alabama that I've, I'm only there for three months, like is, is really meaningful to them. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but, but we're excited. We think we'll be competitive and, uh, we're, if nothing else, we're really excited for the challenge. I had totally forgotten that you're, you're not in the heartland division. Like Aurora is you're in the deep, uh, deep North, the deep, deep V deep North. Yeah. Yes. The yeah, DP. 
You, you need to get that deep uh, a make a merch item that is a deep V that you can uh, you can say the the deep V division. Um, and, and so that that season kicks off in May. So it's a long time, but mm-hmm. everyone May eighth, three p.m. Uh, at Edor Nelson. Uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the great thing is we've we have a shitload of soccer going down this summer, but um, do. I don't think it really. I don't know if how City's schedule interacts with Minnesota United's, but I think Aurora pulled it off where we didn't have to overlap with either of you two, and so it was like yeah. we like distinctly we had this big spreadsheet. It's like <laughs> oh my god, just like let's because you know we, there's so it's such a small, particularly us. It's a, such a short season mm-hmm. that it's like I don't yeah. want to have to fight ever for any of these, but. Uh, exactly. Hopefully there's not too many overlaps uh, uh, yeah. with you guys. Um, well, Matt, uh, thank you for taking the time. Good luck Absolutely. on your trip down to Des Moines. Um, you know, I hope that you uh, are, are able to kick Dennis's butt and then, and then come back and, and move on to, uh, to Omaha. Do you know if you would be traveling to Omaha for that game? If you we would, okay. Yep. yep. They would host us. Lots of travel there. Um, all right. So much travel. Well, Matt, thank you so much. Good luck to Minneapolis City uh, in the Open Cup and in this season, and uh, we'll hope to see you sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Thanks.